Okay, well, thank you very much for coming to this first Dialogues Across Difference podcast. Um, and we're looking at uh, the Commission on Religious Education and their findings and discussing that today. Before we uh, jump into it, um, I'd just like to invite those who are around the table to introduce themselves. We have uh, four uh, participants of this podcast, and if we can just go around the table. Sure. Hi, uh, I'm Richie Thompson. I'm the Director of Public Affairs and Policy at Humanist UK. Um, I also used to be the Treasurer of the RE Council and was involved in the setting up of the Commission, although I'm not there, not speaking here today in that capacity. And I also used to be the Humanist Representative and Vice Chair on my local Standing Advisory Council on Religious Education. Okay. Um, hi, I'm Bushra Nasser. I'm currently the Interim CEO of the Drapers Multi-Academy Trust, which comprises of five schools, a secondary and four primary schools. Prior to that, I was head teacher of Plashett School for Girls, which is a large girls' school in Newham. Hello, I'm Catherine Bryan. I work for the Catholic Education Service, where I'm one of the uh, assistant directors, and I head up the education team. Hi, I'm Rudy Elliott Lockett. Uh, I'm the Chief Executive of the Religious Education Council of England and Wales. Uh, and the ORI Council uh, established the Commission uh, and provided Secretariat services to it. It was an independent Commission, uh, independent of us, uh, although since the final report came out, the ORI Council has endorsed its recommendations. I am Phil Champagne. I'm the Director of the Faith and Belief Forum, and we'll, I'll be moderating this, uh, this discussion. So thank you very much for coming today. As I said, we're looking at the Commission on Religious Education uh, and its findings. The purpose of this podcast is really to just share our, our views on this, to try and shine a light on its recommendations and, and the broader subject of RE um, today. Uh, and we hope that this will raise some, uh, some important points and some, some learning. Um, this is very much a, a conversation uh, rather than a debate. Uh, and before we get into it, the, uh, the conversation that is, I just thought, Rudy, because you, as you say, um, uh, the Re Religious Education Council was the Secretariat for the Commission, it would be good for, for you to just perhaps uh, kick us off by outlining uh, the key findings of the Commission so that we, we know the kind of broad landscape that we're, we're, we're kind of uh, referring to. Um, sure, of course. Uh, it's, it's a really interesting report and obviously I'd recommend that anyone who hasn't read it uh, yet go and read it. It's, it's, um, it's really fascinating. Um, but uh, to try and summarise, uh, it's got 11 recommendations. Uh, I'm not going to go through all of them, don't worry. Thank you. I'll, I'll talk about three things very briefly. What it does is it provides a new vision for RE. So it tries to move away from the sort of silo approach to uh, learning about um, sets of specific religions and trying to fit them to templates of uh, all religions functioning in the same way. Um, and instead, uh, it takes a step back and uh, talks about uh, the concept of religion and encourages uh, peoples to critically engage with that as well as the content of individual worldviews. Um, so that's the first thing. Um, and that, that's, that's quite a big change. I think that's probably the most um, significant change, if it comes to pass, um, that we'd have in the subject for you know, 40, 50 years. It's, it's a really um, substantial uh, move. 
Um, the second thing uh, is it proposes a, a new legal underpinning for the subject. Um, and I'm sure when we talk further, we'll go into um, why there needs to be this, this uh, new underpinning. Um, but what the Commission recommends is a national entitlement uh, for uh, the subject, for all pupils in all schools, um, and proposes how uh, that um, entitlement uh, can be met, how to ensure that schools uh, deliver it. And the third aspect of the report um, is uh, what you might call the National Plan for RE. Um, and this is a set of policy recommendations of how to support the subject uh, to make sure that um, all schools are able to, to provide uh, strong religious education. So this is things like ensuring that there's sufficient uh, supply of teachers with relevant qualifications to teach the subject, it's about um, CPD you know, training so that the teachers uh, who are already in the, the discipline can make sure that they're, they're best placed to, to deliver the subject as it develops. Um, it's about things like uh, performance indicators. So what's the effect of, of say, the EBAC? And a lot of people have talked about that, um, whether that uh, drives people away from the subject. Uh, and uh, recommendations on um, hot topics like um, uh, the parental right of withdrawal from the subject. Um, and all of those things get wrapped up in this national plan. So that's, in a nutshell, I hope, uh, what the Commission's tried to do. Right. Thank you very much, Rudy. I mean, there's a lot in the plan, clearly, and we won't have time uh, to touch on every detail in it. And I think, I think for the, the, the sake of this conversation, I, I imagine we'll stick more at the, the kind of first two points that you, uh, you you set out there, Rudy, and that is, you know, what is the entitlement, really? What are young people entitled to explore in this, in this field? Because the Education Act in 1944, I think uh, it, it was called religious instruction then, so I think it was very much about Christianity, I think it was compulsory. I think in 88 it then changed to religious education broader and now there's something else in the air which I think reflects uh, something else about what we think young people should be entitled to study in this field so can we have views on that and what what do you think young people should be entitled to to learn about in this field Busher can I can I look at you to, to kick us off certainly um, obviously as a, a teacher and a head teacher and dealing with young people on a daily basis it's really important that young people have the skills and the knowledge and the attributes to actually live as successful citizens. And obviously that involves, you know, getting, you know, the qualifications. Obviously the GCSEs and A-levels are very, very important, but also that whole rounded learning. And I think religious education and the ethos of schools that promote that learning of their own values and their own religion and other people's faith is actually very much uh, a, a very, very important part of what I think is it should be an entitlement for a young child. But I do think it is something that's been eroded, I think, a little bit over the years um, because of external pressures and accountabilities. Is it, is it uh, addressed in your schools? I think certainly in my previous school as a head teacher, it was an entitlement in, in the sense of every child, 
at Key Stage 3 had a very good grounding in uh, religious education, plus the ethos of the school through the acts of worship, where we thought, sought um, a determination, where we had separate acts of worship, uh, which, was, uh, which is allowed within law, gave our, our, our pupils a very, very good grounding of their own faith and other faiths as well, with a very, very high take-up of ARI at GCSE. Interestingly, I mean, you talked about different faiths. I want to come to Richie because um, you're you're engaged with uh, Humanist UK. Yeah. Um, but I'd be interested in 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 what you think that entitlement is, and and where kind of worldviews that maybe aren't of uh, religious worldviews kind of fit in. Yes, thank you. Um, I think that there are a whole range of justifications that are provided for the subject of uh, RE as it's commonly taught today. Um, uh, Bush has touched on some of them, but to run through things like um, uh, understanding the beliefs of others that are deeply held and common in society today, understanding how different ideas have contributed to um, our history, the history of the world, um, uh, to literature and culture, um, understanding uh, what's in the news. Um, I think Ari is sometimes too detached from um, the kind of uh, discussion about religion and, and, and worldviews that occurs in the news um, uh, or has been in the past. Um, and just generally building mutual understanding and leading to um, better cohesion, uh, more sympathy with those who are different from yourselves, from yourself, uh, as well as uh, enabling uh, pupils and young uh, people to better understand their own uh, beliefs, to deepen and enhance their understanding um, of their um, uh, of their own uh, religion or, or, or worldview, and, and, and to uh, allow them to explore big questions and come to their own opinions about some of the the, the, the more uh, meaty issues um, in life. Um, and I think all of those justifications um, are, are strong justifications for teaching about different religions um, in schools. And, and, and so absolutely, um, there is an important place uh, for this subject. Um, but they also all logically apply to teaching about non-religious worldviews as well, um, such as humanism. Uh, and um, for that reason, um, I think that the uh, Commission's kind of uh, uh, recommendation right there in the title that the subject be renamed to religion and worldviews in order to uh, be more inclusive um, it is a really important one because in, in schools um, there has been in increasing inclusion of humanism and of, of non-religious worldviews over recent years but um, it's very much a journey that's still continuing and there's still a long way to go and I hope this report uh, if it's if it's taken forward can help move uh, continue that journey. Is that a new uh, kind of departure? I mean you, you were uh, I mentioned the kind of Education Act of uh, 44 and then there was 88 mm. and then 96 and I suppose they're all all kind of and how they how they kind of reframe uh, RE suggests a kind of changing context um, and I'm just wondering if this kind of um, uh, how that changing context is 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 pushing pushing these um, these recommend recommendations from the Commission and whether <laughs> You know whether whether you know non-religious worldviews are actually a new, quite a kind of fresh, or, or, or new way of thinking about uh, this subject. Catherine, I'm just wondering from your perspective. I mean, coming coming from uh, uh, the Catholic Education Service, but how how you view that in terms of back to this notion of entitlement for young people in schools, and whether how that how you view that within schools, and whether that extends. Uh, to other faiths, to non-religious worldviews, and so on. 
So when our um, schools were established, um, there was an agreement with the state that we would reserve the, the right to teach Catholicism and RE in our Catholic schools is one of the core subjects and underpins the rest of the curriculum. Um, so for us, um, that's fundamental to our schools, fundamental to the Catholic ethos. I suppose yes. Yeah, so the so the ethos is Catholic, and your you know the, your schools are Catholic schools. So uh, I suppose I'm interested, and maybe the listeners are interested in how how being a Catholic school you hold or uh, see the place of non non Catholic and non or other religious um, uh, uh, faiths, and also non-religious worldviews. How, how does that sit within the school? Okay, so um, so the core of the curriculum is underpinned by the Catholic teachings and tenets of the faith. We also teach other religions as part of the curriculum, but the emphasis obviously in a Catholic school is to teach the Catholic mm. faith. So how did the Commission really kind of address that issue? Because surely for, for I mean we're talking about faith schools here, so as listeners probably know that there, there are kind of non-denominational schools, there are there are faith schools. Uh, uh, there are there are public schools, academies. But but so there's all that to deal with. But Rudy, how did you, in terms of faith schools, and obviously the importance of particular faiths to those schools, as Catherine has said, how did you discuss that when you were discussing this entitlement? So it's a really important, really important issue, um, and um, uh, it's quite a difficult uh, issue. Um, the the landscape of schools in this country um, is incredibly complicated, um, uh, and trying to make sure that RE works across that landscape um, is therefore not straightforward. Um, I think previous reports um, have sometimes taken. Um, quite a uh, tough um, one-size-fits-all approach to these questions Um, and as a result there's been uh, quite a lot of opposition at times to them. Um, What the Commission tried to do was to respect the um, complexity of the landscape and they wanted to design a system that was going to be flexible enough to work with those uh, different types of schools. So what they proposed was, uh, as I say, the national entitlement, um, uh, which defined in a really top-level way what the subject uh, should be. And it's a really short um, piece. It's about 450 words long. Uh, it's not a curriculum. Um, it's it's a you know big um, big picture thing. Um, uh, but it then said that uh, there could be lots of different ways that you could interpret that. Um, so. Individual schools could design their own programme of study of how you meet that entitlement. Um, Schools with a a religious character could design their own approach to it. Um, Different academy uh, chains could have their own approach. Um, uh, Different local authorities could provide uh, a local approach for for schools in that area. there's complete flexibility there. Uh, now, the uh, the second part of it is that uh, that those programmes of study would be um, uh, would be looked at through inspection. Um, and here again, the commission wanted to make sure there was flexibility. So within the um, sector of schools with a religious character those inspections would not be done by Ofsted, it would be the relevant uh, inspectorate for uh, the religious authorities of that school. I suppose I'm just wondering what changes then you think would be required in your school, I'm looking at you Bushra, 
because of the, the, the recommendations of the Commission? I mean, certainly I think um, if this takes off, it will actually bring RE, which is actually very sadly has been quite a, in decline over the last few years, will bring it to the forefront. And I think, you know, although it's going on to our second question, which is to do with the problems, I think the EBAC and, you know, RE not being one of the, you know, within the humanities area, one of the two subjects was recognised, actually caused a major demise of that subject and status of that subject. Mm-hmm. There are schools that are still offering it, a pleasure is still offered. Could you remind us what EBAC is? Right, again? EBAC is, what does it stand a, for? E, um, is English Baccalaureate, and oh. it is Michael Gove was the first to introduce it, and basically he wanted schools, all secondary schools, uh, to offer an entitlement of what he called a broad and balanced entitlement for children, which included English, maths and science, um, a language and uh, humanities. But within the humanities, he only picked geography and history. Right. So sociologists were very upset about it. RE teachers were very unhappy about it. Uh, and I think that caused schools to prioritise what was ta- taught at Key Stage 4. And this, obviously then, if that's one of your measures, and it is one of the accountability measures within the league tables of percentage of students who are entered for EBAC and also successful at it, has an implication for Key Stage 3. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know... The, RE being um, not one of the EBAC subjects has, I mean, it can still be offered and it will count within the um, attainment eight and the progress eight figures. Um, So it is counted. However, the status of it compared to history and geography has been, um, you know, in demise. I mean, just to just to put some some figures to what you're saying, and again, this is in the in the report uh, from the commission, but um, over 40 percent of academies Yours is an academic role, yeah. um, of a non-religious character. Yeah. Over 40% of those academies do not study uh, RE at Key Stage 4. Yes. So that's quite a high, uh, mm. high percentage. But what you're saying is that you're, you're saying that you think the shift to religious education and worldviews, a broadening out of the subjects, you think that would promote it or make it more appealing to... The likes of uh, <laughs> Mr. Gove and Co. or or, or to uh, to schools. Well, I think you know I'm, I'm trying to bring this debate into the educational context at the moment. Certainly, with the review of Ofsted currently and the importance of the curriculum and what is offered for people of of, of children in schools, I think it's sort of actually quite a good timing for this RE debate to come onto the the table because I think it talks about development of the whole individual and how does that curriculum, which in its widest sense, how does it meet that need and prepare people for society? Uh, really, you want to come in? I just wanted to pick up on, on what you said, um, uh, Phil, about uh, a broadening of the subject. Um, I don't think that what the Commission is talking about is necessarily a broadening of the subject. Um, and it's one of the things that's been slightly frustrating seeing the reactions to it, um, that people have talked about it as if, oh, this is adding worldviews to a subject that already exists. Um, and people who've said that uh, have implied, therefore, that worldviews are the non-religious bit. Non-religious worldviews are already uh, in the subject, uh, as it stands. Um, uh, you don't need any change in order to teach about non-religious worldviews. There's, there's teachers up and down the country already doing this, uh, and some of them doing it brilliantly. 
Um, what the Commission has talked about is a reframing of the subject. Um, so it's it's moving it's moving to this idea of allowing a, an engagement with what religion is, uh, what the concept is, you know, uh, how it's defined, why it's been defined in that way. Um, uh, so the proposed uh, title for the subject, they talked about the name religion and worldviews. So that's religion singular and worldviews plural. The point being that it's about religion, the concept, uh, and worldviews as the range of things that could be included in that. Uh, but that range doesn't have to be any any broader uh, than is currently the case. But nevertheless, a conceptual broadening. Yes, yes, conceptually. Uh, uh, con- and conceptual broadening. Because I think, I would imagine, that some of those who are particularly from faith schools or from, a, uh, from schools where an Im- a particular faith is very important would feel that that conceptual broadening shrinks the space for, in your case, Catherine, the study of the Catholic faith. Would that uh, is that where the pushback is coming? Because I, I think there has been some pushback to these recommendations, hasn't there? And I think that's been the misunderstanding. So it's not about um, how many isms you can you can fit in the subject, and therefore a worry about curriculum time. Um, it would be possible to meet this national entitlement without covering any non-religious worldviews at all. Uh, I suspect. So there's there's I mean that wouldn't be the approach that I would advocate. Um, uh, but the point of flexibility is that not everything that happens would be what I advocate. Advocate. Uh, this is uh, this is what's been designed for a school-led system, and different schools will take different approaches. Richie, well, I, I think that it's interesting to hear you Sorry, say Catherine, that we'll because it, it, it's interesting to hear you say that because, well, first of all, that wasn't my understanding of the commission's recommendations. I I, I took it that it was making clear that non-religious worldviews have to be included, but also, and I know that you would agree with this, really, because I've heard you say it before. It it is already the case that schools should be including non-religious worldviews because the law around this um, case law in particular is very clear that um, that, that schools must treat religions and non-religious worldviews equally. Um, so that's already the case. Um, to the extent to which... Uh, so, so that should be the case even under these recommendations. So in that sense, if a school didn't teach non-religious worldviews at all, that would be quite worrying. Um, but but I, I did, to coming, coming back to what I said earlier, I think that the, the rename does make it appear, it, it is good, a good recognition of the need to include worldviews. If I look at the name religious education at the moment, that doesn't on the surface, on the face of it, appear to include non-religious worldviews. Um, and for many people, um, that name is used as a justification for excluding non-religious worldviews. So I think in that sense, the renaming is helpful. Um, in terms of moving things okay. forward. I mean, let's dig just a little bit more into this because I think it's a, you've raised an interesting point, uh, Rudy, um, and I'd, I'd be interested uh, in any further thoughts on, to me, you seem to be saying the important shift here is to is for teachers to be encouraged to, uh, to work with their pupils to explore what a religion is and or a worldview is, now, if they want to do that in the context of humanism, Catholicism, Islam, then that, those are vehicles for looking at that. But the important thing is to to explore what that what what is meant by by religion or, or worldview. And I'm just interested to to see uh, uh, and either Catherine or Bush can come in uh, here as representatives of the the kind of the, the schools uh, here is the tendency at the moment not to do that. 
because I think the proposal from the Commission is to push that on the assumption that actually it's not happening enough. So we're getting here to the kind of deficiencies. Is that is that actually a deficit that that pupils are not being given the opportunity to explore what a religion and a worldview is? We wouldn't do that within the RE curriculum, no, because the bishops have the right to set set out what is taught in in Catholic schools in the RE curriculum. Would you explore it anywhere else? In 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 the, in the curriculum, there would be other opportunities to explore it across the curriculum in other in other ways, but it wouldn't be within the RE curriculum because that's defined and set out by the bishops. So I think this 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 is a a, a point. An important point here because it, it, it really goes to the purpose what we see is the purpose of RE if the purpose is something that the RE Commission is recommending that seems a different purpose than the purpose that the bishop uh, might have they, they, they're coming from different places so in Catholic schools RE is a rigorous academic subject that's that's underpinned by the theological teachings and values um, and that's how and why it is taught in Catholic schools. Okay. Busha, any insights? Because this is talking about educational approaches in a way, yeah. and I, I suppose. Um, have you got any reflections on this? Well, in my own school where I was head teacher, we used to initially offer um, comparative religion. So a, a child could choose, and the majority of children were Muslim within the school, and we chose comparison of Christianity and Islam. Some ch children wanted to study Hinduism, Sikhism, humanism of one student actually, and it was a, it was a key stage for GCSE syllabus, and it was done really really well. And then we ourselves took that step that the children actually knew quite a lot about Islam themselves; they were very successful at it, and so on. So, but we wanted to widen their understanding, so we actually went to comparative religion course, which actually looked at particular things like abortion life after death, those sort of big issues across different faiths. And we felt that actually prepared the young people better. One, getting them out of their comfort zone, learning about other religions, but also re-evaluating what their own views were and so on. So, you know, a forward-looking school has actually taken some of those steps anyway. Now, you know, I don't think that is a, you know, I'd have to say honestly, the position where my current school is, where only less than, I'd say, you know, 10%, 20% of the students would do an RE at Key Stage 4 and they actually don't even offer anything at Key Stage 3. And I think that's where I think the beginnings have got to happen, actually is Key Stage 3, because that's where there's lots of, I mean, there may be aspects of it happening, yeah. you know, there are things like thoughts of the day, celebration of different events uh, within the PSHE programme, reflection and so on. I'm not saying it doesn't happen, but I think the formal vehicle for being able to discuss faiths and beliefs is actually not in, in, in some schools now, uh, you know, and I've said, you know, from the, your data as well, which confirms it, there has been a demise of that mm. and so on. So, so can we kind of move on to this a bit more maybe, yeah. which is more what are the kind of deficiencies at the moment and, and, and try and, because I think the, the RA Commission was trying to kind of address that. And obviously there are a number of dif different dimensions to this, but one is the actual uh, the actual kind of extent to which religious education is taught or not. And we've already given some figures around mm -hmm. that. And I think you're highlighting that, Bushra. Mm -hmm. I suppose the other dimension of it is whether religious education may be being taught, but the 
the the notion of um, exploring worldviews or religions in a broader sense may not. Mm. Um, so I'm just wondering, thinking about, and I'd be interested in comments really about how bad we, <laughs> how serious we think the problem is, mm. not only um, kind of in terms of numbers, but really thinking about the society we live in, because I suppose the commission, it was kind of triggered by a sense that, you know, uh, society is changing and therefore young people need to be prepared in a different way. If I could start off, I think the quality of teaching uh, for RE, I would say, is one area, and it's highlighted in your report, needs to improve. I mean, RE in primary schools, the amount of time given for actually preparing our young teachers to actually teach that or share or be comfortable with some of the controversial issues that come up is actually not mm. within, within the training. And then the number of teachers I've seen in schools where actually RE very sadly is one of those subjects uh, which is sometimes not taught by the specialist but may be shared by a number of other teachers and within this report it highlights you know the history teachers compared to RE teachers the non-specialisms of that mm. so I think training for teachers I think is going to be the important catalyst mm. for bringing about that change. Uh, Catherine can, what's your perspective from uh, Catholic schools? Well I just wanted to uh, pick up on an important point that Bashra made um, about specialist teachers of RE and the lack of them. Um, it is it is of huge concern that um, there are low numbers of students studying to teach RE um, and it does concern me that actually for other subjects there's, there's a financial incentive to study and that's not the case for RE and we're speaking in this... Do you mean financial in terms of additional student, responsibilities? Yeah. Well no, the, I mean the government... To, to, in ITT, mm. the government has, has... Put extra funds in. Yeah, I see, I see what to you certain mean. subjects. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, you know, we're speaking about the importance of RE and how, how it can underpin society but we haven't got people coming through to teach mm. it as, as a specialist subject and therefore in some areas maybe it's not taught well in Catholic schools the standards are very high um, but that may not be the case elsewhere and it's of critical importance that we have people who can teach it properly. So there seems to be great agreement here about kind of the, the, the kind of lack of uh, the skill and training, certainly in terms of initial mm. teacher training and the problems at a kind of syllabus level mm. um, in terms of how those syllabus are put about, put forward. The commission did put forward some ideas around this, Rudy? Um, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, so can I can I quickly go on to the the challenges first? Yes, get by my all chance means. On this. By all means. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I don't want to echo everything that's been said, but it, it is these mm. three big areas of provision of quality uh, and of clarity. Uh, so we talked a little bit about provision. Um, you mentioned the figures for academies, but across secondary schools in general in England, it's a third that report they're not teaching any RE at all. And it, the, you know, they're legally required to be teaching the subject. So it looks like these schools are in breach of the law. Um, and the fact that the government isn't doing anything about this um, is deeply frustrating. So the commission's- Maybe they're not teaching it because they don't see it's relevant. 
I'm sure that's the case. But why um, this goes back to the question of why the nature of the deficiency? Why do you think it is important today? So I, I think RE is, is vital. Um, it's really important that uh, young people learn about the range of, of different religious and non-religious worldviews that there are. Um, it's about preparing them for the diverse society that they're going to be part of. Um, they need to understand how uh, uh, religious and non-religious worldviews are drivers of history, of literature, of politics, of art. Um, it's a fundamental part of being human um, and to try and understand all of these things without having any grounding in uh, religious education um, seems seems crazy to me. Uh, I, want, I want young people to be skilled intercultural navigators um, and unfortunately uh, the representation of religion in um, the media and in wider society is often um, stereotyped uh, it's often misleading, um, uh, all sorts of trite things are said. And I, I think it's vital that children have a place where they can really engage with these you know, big, complicated, difficult issues uh, and argue about them and, and work out what they think about them. Um, and if you don't have it in RE, where are you going to get that? Uh, it's, it's vital, really important. But you're right that in some schools it's not valued. Um, I think there are too many heads and senior leaders who don't understand the value of RE. I think um, there's a perception amongst um, some people, we certainly see this when we poll the wider public, um, that religious education is about you know, trying to make people more religious or, or something like that. Um, and uh, RE often is um, uh, seen by, uh, by the public as one of the less important subjects. So there was polling from YouGov uh, last year uh, where people were asked to say how important they thought subjects were. And RE, I think Religious Studies, it was called in the survey, um, came 15th out of 18, um, uh, which, you know, obviously very, very uh, disappointing for, for me. Um, uh, and it, I, I think it's because of a misunderstanding of what the subject is. Um, uh, now, we need the government to uh, get behind the subject, to uh, get behind the fact that it is the law to, to offer it um, and make sure that when schools are in breach, something happens to them. There needs to be a sense of jeopardy. Um, and the Commission's recommendations offered a way of doing that um, by having a national entitlement and by having uh, uh, inspection as the lever for checking that it's going on. Um, that could incentivise uh, heads and senior leaders to take the subject seriously. Um, but uh, the disappointing thing is that the Secretary of State uh, wrote back uh, to the Commission when, when this came out and he said he recognised all the problems. Uh, so you know, he, he thanked the Commission for what they'd done and uh, talked about um, the way that they'd secured a consensus around all sorts of issues and then proceeded to say that he didn't want to do anything at this stage. Um, uh, talked about not wanting to make curriculum changes in this, this parliament. So I hope that that means that um, he's hoping that should he find himself back in office uh, in the next parliament, uh, um, he'll be willing to uh, uh, make these changes. Um, and I hope that he'll want to work with the RE Council and others to prepare the, the grant for that because these changes would, would need uh, quite a lot of work with the department. Um, and I'm, I'm available uh, and I will, I will happily do all that. And no, um, I I'm, have sure, had, I'm sure he's listening intently. Uh, uh, no doubt, no doubt. And I, I've had good meetings with the department about all these things. And I think there is an appetite to have those conversations. So I'm, I'm quietly confident. Okay, I mean, you, you, interesting is, I do want to touch on the, the last question really, which you, you, you kind of opened the door there when, uh, when you suggested, you said something like, if these issues can't be 
explored within religious education than where else? Well, I do want to ask that question because there must be parts of the curriculum where you touch on, you know, ethics, philosophy. Maybe there are places where you can explore different faith, beliefs, worldviews. Is religious education as a subject the only place where these this this kind of entitlement can can be uh, explored? I think you know the the curriculum obviously is seen as subjects, but it's actually much wider than that. So it's the what's actually taught, and then the wider curriculum. So things like assemblies, things like PSHE, personal social health education, which now includes moral education, um, is 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 a place for that. So there are lots of opportunities, but it needs to be structured and it needs to be audited of what's actually happening. So if it's not happening, say, in RE, because of time or whatever, then is it happening there? So a very good, I mean, I've been to schools where they've got big screens as you walk in, thought for the day, you know, which is wonderful. I introduced it at my school. We used to write up and have them from different faiths and different beliefs and with a moral purpose and so on. And that, that is part of RE. So it can happen, it's actually the ethos within the school which is valuing and promoting you know, young people and, and the wider thinking. So it's not within RE, but I think, you know, well, I'd go back to what we've done before, that you know, the RE, there has been a demise and a quick fix really could be having RE as part of the EVAC. That would increase the numbers at Key Stage 4 dramatically and actually would impact on Key Stage 3, you know, quick idea for the Secretary of State if he wants to take it up. <laughs> thank, thank you, Richard. Really, you want to come back? Um, yeah, so clearly you can talk about uh, uh, religious and non-religious worldviews in other subjects, um, and frankly you should. Yeah, it's relevant elsewhere. Before I came to the wonderful world of RE, um, uh, I, I was a historian. I, I've researched, still researched religion, but uh, within the context of history. And clearly, uh, these, these things come up in history as well. However, if you don't have a space that is specifically RE, if you don't have teachers who have uh, had the training to uh, deliver the subject, you're not going to get the quality that we need. Now, at the moment, we've got the real problem in that um, we don't have enough uh, teachers of RE and not enough with appropriate qualifications. So you're, I think, three times more likely to be taught by a non-specialist in RE than in history, um, which you know, is, is maddening. And when you don't have that specialist expertise, um, and when you don't have that subject, um, uh, you, you're going to get uh, all sorts of bad things will start tumbling out. So non-specialists are much more likely to be um, nervous around the teaching of, of religious education. Um, you know, religion is such a contentious area uh, that sometimes the non-specialists will be more likely to sanitise the subject, um, particularly if they're talking about religions that uh, might be represented by some of the pupils in the classroom that the teacher might not be part of themselves. Um, and that it's a sort of well-meaning sanitisation that actually um, can put people in a far more um, risky position. If you uh, if you're taught uh, a nice, happy, straightforward, this religion is all good, and if anyone says anything bad, um, then they're wrong. That black and white approach um, makes someone far more vulnerable to someone else coming along and saying oh, is that what you've been told? Let me tell you something simplistic uh, that contradicts that. If, on the other hand, you've got space to do this subject properly, 
you can get people coming out at the end who um, can critically engage with uh, uh, religion and belief um, and who can really understand it for themselves and can make sensible decisions uh, building their own worldview. Thank you. This has been a fascinating conversation. I want to kind of bring us to a close just by offering all four of you the chance to, to, to say some closing remarks, um, either in terms of what has, has kind of, uh, what, what you'll take away from this discussion, maybe a main, a main thing that you'll take away, or maybe also if you feel that something you really wanted to say that you haven't managed to say yet, so please do, do um, feel free to say it now. Um, maybe Richie, you could you could start. Yeah, I, well, I think uh, there's been a lot said um, today that I agree with, and I, I completely agree um, that uh, that there does need to be a special space for teaching about religion and worldviews, uh, and I think that's right. I think it's very disappointing that the government has come back and said um, that uh, they they don't want to take these reforms up at the moment, and I think. Uh, but but I think that doesn't diminish the landmark nature of the commission's report um, in and really um, uh, building a consensus in a way um, that didn't exist before uh, around the need for, for the reforms it proposes. Um, and I, I hope what will happen now is that um, all those stakeholders who, who back that consensus, uh, which is a, a strong majority, um, will, will coalesce and, and, and push for it. And it may take a number of years, but, but, I, but I think we will get there eventually and, and we'll see the, the changes that it, that it calls for implemented. Thank you, Richie. Yeah, I mean, I found it very optimistic reading this report because actually a subject which I feel very passionately about, um, which I think I've seen over the last um, 10 to 12 years actually go into almost a recession, very sadly, is putting it back on the agenda for majority of, of state stores. So I see it very positive, which has implications for teachers training it has a thing for leaders in schools to giving this a priority and how that is actually uh, implemented in terms of Ofsted giving a status for this subject because it's interesting it's 2013 was the last subject report on it and so on and I think there should be subject reports every you know four or five years so you get up-to-date knowledge of where where's the state of play on on different subjects so I think for me it's optimism about a very good report produced in terms of the actions and the recommendations uh, are very clear there they will take time but it's it's getting that mindset change which i think will impact on our young people being much more aware of their own beliefs and values and much more sensitive to other people's which i think it can only be helpful to society thank you bushra Catherine. um well, for me, I think what's key to any discussion uh, of those of us who care and are concerned about RE and young people in our schools is that we continue to dialogue. I think keeping an open dialogue is, is crucial to our better understanding in order that they better understand. That's, for me, very crucial. Thank you, Catherine. Um, I think we've had a really good discussion about the, the crisis, frankly, that religious education is facing. Um, and it is a really serious uh, moment uh, and it really does need action. And I'm incredibly grateful to the commissioners for coming up with what I think is a great uh, set of recommendations of what could happen. But I, I would want to say something about the um, special, you know, almost unique nature of RE in this country and to not lose sight of the fact that we've got something really good uh, and that's why it needs to be protected and preserved 
other countries don't have a subject like this. Um, uh, religious education in this country has a has a great international reputation. Um, uh, in most other uh, countries, where you have something that purports to be religious education, it's um, confessional. It's it's religious instruction in some way or, or another. And we have a subject that tries really hard um, to be inclusive um, and uh, respectful for the full range of religious and non-religious worldviews. And that is it's brilliant and uh, when it's done well and when it's supported properly uh, is uh, really important for young people in this country. And, and I just want, want to end on the positive note that we do have a good subject here. Uh, let's, let's try and uh, preserve it. Always good to end on a positive note. Thank you very much, Rudy. And many thanks uh, to Richie, Bushra, Catherine and Rudy for joining us uh, around the table for this podcast on discussing the findings of the Commission on Religious Education. Thank you very much.